0: this is a sit-down message today. <laughs> I have a very loose outline today for us, rather than other times where I try and be more particular with exactly what I want to say. Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and start off with prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you for letting us be here. Thank you for letting us worship your name and learn more about you. Please invade our hearts in an incredible new way. Holy Spirit, speak to us and teach us. At the very least, give us something that we can chew on for the rest of the week, Lord, that will make us more like you and draw us closer to you and make us look more like you. We love you. In your name, Jesus, amen. So, uh, because of technical difficulties, I didn't hear Sam's message from last week. So, rather than continue from where he left off, Last week, I'm continuing from where he left off with his two messages before that. So, yeah, as you know, Sam has been kind of on a unity thing, and he's very much (laughs) hooked me. So that's what I'm thinking about throughout the week as I'm reading the Scripture and thinking. You know, I'm just uh, thinking so much about unity in the church, about all the differences and all the strengths and the weaknesses, denominations, and this and that. So today, the Scripture we're going to be looking at is 1 Corinthians 12. Okay, we're going to use that as a general framework for what we look at. So uh, I don't have printouts, so you'll just need to look it up in your, uh, your revised standard version there. But I'll be reading out of New King James, so it won't match exactly, but I'm sure you'll be able to figure it out. That's 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to go ahead and read the whole chapter. All right. Let's begin, starting in verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministry, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles to another prophecy, to another the discerning of tongues, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not part of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak with tongues, do all interpret, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Okay, so the church has always been an incredibly diverse bunch. You can look historically and see that all over the place. You can start with the apostles. Just look at the the 12 apostles that Jesus grabbed, okay? You have uh, uneducated fishermen. You have uh, two zealots, you know, who are the crazy, radical, violent, political ones. You have Jewish tax collectors who were sold out to the Romans. You have all these different people represented in that one group there. Also, the early church. Look at how diverse the early church was. Like we just read here, you know, Gentiles, Jews. The early church was made up of Jews, of Romans, of Asians, of Syrians, of uh, of what's their names, the uh, Samaritans. All these different groups with very different backgrounds, very different cultures. The things the Jews dealt with were very different from the Romans, for example. The Romans had to deal with questions of whether or not to eat meat that had been uh, sacrificed to idols. you know. But the Jews living in Jerusalem, that wasn't a concern of theirs. You know? What was more a concern to them was whether or not everyone was resting on Saturday like they were supposed to. The early cultures, like I said, they were very different. It was extremely different, the whole lifestyle, living in Rome or living in Israel. Now, this passage that we just read, it's about unity. It's about how we are one body, no matter what our background, no matter what our denomination, no matter what our practices, our traditions, our family, our language. We are all one body. Jesus was talking to the Corinthian church. They were a very uh, diverse bunch in and of themselves. You know, I mean, we can look on a bigger level the difference in, like, denominations, but also in each church there can be huge diversity. In uh, the Corinthian church, they had Jews, they had Gentiles, uh, they had some people who came to Christ through Apollos, and they kept talking about how great Apollos was, and they were followers of him. Others were led to Christ by Paul, so they were saying, well, we're of Paul, and yeah. Now, even though Paul is saying that we all come together as one body in the church. He never once implies uniformity among the parts. It's easy to have this idea that, oh, if we're all one, then we should all kind of look the same. You know, that if we're all part of the body of Christ, then there should be some sort of uniformity between, between all the parts. But on the contrary, this passage here, uh, implies diversity. Rather than uniformity within the body of Christ. Huge diversity. Now look, historically, okay, we look at the early church. What they were trying to find and what caused the most trouble with them is they were trying to find unity in practice. Like the Jews. They had their Mosaic law and their traditions, okay? They worshiped on Saturday. And they didn't eat pork. They followed the kosher laws. They didn't eat with non-Jews. They had all sorts of things that had been passed down through their traditions and through their religious history, okay? And that's how they lived. Now, the Greeks and the Romans, they were completely different, you know? Their lives didn't revolve around the same schedule, the same life schedule that the Jews did, you know? Their lives looked completely different. And the Gentiles, they would worship on Sundays rather than Saturdays, unlike the Jews the gentiles they would uh, a lot of them would eat you know meat that had been sacrificed to idols and they would not take a particular day for sabbath like the jews where they would take a day to do absolutely nothing you know that that wasn't a big part of the of the gentile history so it of their tradition so they didn't think it was a huge deal to do that okay but that caused all sorts of problems between the two I mean, as you can imagine, a lot of books in the New Testament, Galatians in particular, are about about that, you know? All these differences in the uh, body of Christ way back then. Because the Jews said, you need to be like us. And the Gentiles said, no, we want to be like ourselves. We don't want to be like you. So they were fighting. There was lots of division. The church in Antioch looked very different from the church in Jerusalem. They couldn't find unity in practice. So what they eventually did was they went to the apostles in Jerusalem and they said, okay, you know, you guys, we respect, we all respect you. You know, you tell us, what do you think? And rather than the church in Jerusalem saying, well, you're right and you're wrong, rather than choosing sides and saying we're all going to be this way, they said, okay, you know, well, you Gentiles, you're not like the Jews, and that's okay. So, you don't have to do everything that they do. You know, you don't have to do everything that we've done traditionally. You can keep doing your thing, just don't, uh, have sex outside of marriage and don't eat meat that you know was sacrificed to idols. That, that wasn't uniformity. That wasn't, that was basically, in my mind, that's agreeing to disagree. You know? Because the Jerusalem church continued after that, still following a lot of the Mosaic law still taking their Sabbaths on Saturday, still doing the things that Jewish people did, washing their hands uh, before meals and things. you know And the Gentile church did their practices, which looked different. They were very, very different. They couldn't find that uniformity in practice, and eventually they decided, yeah, you should do it your way, and we'll do it our way. And that's not a bad thing. Paul said, here, we all come together. We're one body. Now, as time went on, the church grew hundreds and hundreds of years, then we had the Catholic Church, who was huge. And uh, a group of reformers said things need to change, and they did need to change. So they rose up, and we had the Protestant Reformation. The only thing is, they tried to find unity through doctrine. They said, we need to find the right doctrine, and then we'll all gather around that doctrine, and that'll make us all one church, because we all have the same doctrine. But then someone says, well, I don't believe that same thing. So then they split off here. And then someone says, well, I don't agree with that, so I split off here. So then they're all pointing fingers at each other saying, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm wrong. That's how the Anabaptist church started. We're Mennonites, you know. We're descended from the Anabaptists. The Anabaptists said, well, we don't agree with how you're baptizing. We don't agree with the violence that you guys are taking part in. Uh, we don't agree with a lot of the ways that you uh, interpret the Bible. The Anabaptists were a lot more mystical than the uh, other Protestant churches. So they branched off, okay? But then that's generally, even today, that continues to be the primary thing that people think brings the church together as doctrine. And if you don't have the same doctrine, <laughs> then you have to be separate. You can't work together, you know? That's generally what the denominations do. And more often than hearing messages on unity, you hear messages on how wrong everybody else is, but that all grows from that idea that we have to find uniformity through doctrine. I personally don't think that we will ever find uniformity on this earth in doctrine or practice. I think that we are always going to have our differences, and I see that, I mean, that was the big problem with the early church and the Reformation and so much in between, trying to find uniformity in those things. So where do we find unity? We find unity in what we just read, unity in our identity. We are the body of Christ. That's who we were made to be. Paul, in this passage here, like I said, he implies diversity in the group rather than uniformity. Okay. We are all part of one body, the body of Christ. So looking at that, I am part of the body of Christ, and you are part of the body the Catholic Church is part of the body of Christ, the Mennonite Church, the Methodists, the Baptists, the Assemblies of God, all these different groups, the Quakers, we make up the body of Christ. Today, in Ephesians 3:14 and 15, Paul says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. We bear that name. What do we call ourselves? We're Christians. We wear the name of Jesus. So we find unity in the name of Jesus Christ. So I don't see different groups and different organizations, uh, different uh, conferences like we talked about yesterday, I don't see that as a negative thing. Because what they do is they allow us each to worship God together without or with the freedom to worship in the way that we feel led or the way that we've been raised. You know, we can have our different traditions because one group wants to baptize by sprinkling of water and another group wants to baptize by immersion, you know. Do we have to find uniformity in that practice? There will be people who say that we have to, but no, I mean, you can be in the Presbyterian church and baptize your way and you can be in the Mennonite church and baptize your way or, you know, however you want to be. You have that freedom within your, within that group, within that denomination to be the way that you want to be without trying, without having to uh, defend yourself to everyone you meet. Today we're going to do it this way, and this is why. Bam, 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 and you have to, yeah. You know? That gives us freedom to be that way. The obvious problem comes when we use those differences, our denominational differences, or organizational or conference differences, as uh, as ways to say that this is our tribe, and we're right, and you're wrong, you know? It's only through recognizing that we are all part of the same body that we can come together. So we can have the benefit of diversity, the benefit of having our own groups where we can worship the way that we feel, Oops, excuse me, much like the Jews worship differently from the Gentiles. You know, we can worship in a way that we feel comfortable while at the same time acknowledging our unity that we all make up the body of Christ. Hands are very different from feet, which are very different from noses and eyes. Like in this passage, Paul talks about that. What good would a body be if it was all one part? You know? I mean, you can't have a body made completely of hands. Now, at the same time, imagine an eye, okay, trying to convince a foot to convert to the eye's worldview. The eye sees life very differently than the foot. The hand experiences life very different from the nose. Imagine a nose trying to explain to the hand about how it's all about smell. The hand... I mean, the hand wouldn't get it. It doesn't make sense, you know? We are all very different and we don't have to see the world and understand everything the exact same way. I mean, you can just, you can ponder this picture of the body forever. The beauty of a foot is that it's a foot. The beauty of a nose is that it's a nose. But you need the nose to smell. You need the foot to provide support. You need the foot to be able to handle pressure. You need the hands to be able to sense, uh, textures. You know, you need the ear to be able to hear and the eye to be able to see. If all the body was trying to do the same thing, all the body would be confused and would be stuck. When we as the body of Christ, in our different groups, our different denominations, our differences within the different uh, congregations even, when we all acknowledge that we're part of the same body, then we can use each of our individual unique uh, gifts and abilities uh, in order to benefit the whole body, the body of Christ. So, like I said, when we all acknowledge the fact that we are part of one body, the single body of Christ, then we're able to see that the differences are a good thing because the differences are what allows us to fully minister to the world the way that Jesus wants us to. That we can each be our own group. That they, I mean, like seriously, it's it, it hurts me. I had you guys read the stories of like um, Pope Francis. That guy's pretty amazing. Yeah. I keep reading the stories, and it just really blows my mind. I mean, he's not living in the palace that the popes live in. He actually walks around in normal people, not just hiding behind bulletproof glass all the time. When he was speaking not long ago, a boy walked up on stage. Yeah, and rather than shoo him off or go, oof, he literally sets the boy on his chair, on his, like, pope throne thing. Sets the boy on his chair and goes back to addressing the crowd that's cool. That guy has Holy Spirit all over him. And it's, I know, it's wonderful. He is such an incredible breath of fresh air. But I know people, tons of people, all my friends, it feels, and all they can say is how rotten it is, because he's Catholic. You know? Go on and on about how this and that, and, and they, and they, yeah, well, yeah, and just the simple things, the rosary, this and that, you know, we're, because, because of the di- because of the perceived, because of the differences from the Catholic Church from our church, they're not even able to see the benefit and the good in that man and in so many Catholic churches and Catholic folks out there, you know? I mean, we can look at other churches like uh, Father Anthony who came here, you know? We call him, he has people call him Father Anthony. There's large parts of the church where we don't call Father, you know? In the Mennonite Church, we don't, we, we don't, for a lot of the Mennonite Church, you don't need titles. It's not about titles, you know. We don't. It would be odd to call me you know, Father Sam, unless it's in reference to Sam Jr., which, yeah. But regardless, we each do have our differences, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Unity is found when we all do what we were designed to do. When we let the hand be the hand, let the foot be the foot, let the eye be the eye, let the Catholics be the Catholics and the the Presbyterians be the Presbyterians, the Mennonites be the Presbyterians while acknowledging unity, the fact that we're all one body, the body of Christ. In the church, we always have been and always will be a diverse group. But we find unity in the name of Jesus because we're his body. So that, that's it. It was a very short message. But that's that's I, I want you to chew on it, okay? I want this to be the beginning for you to really think about this this week. This has been all over my brain. This is what I've been chewing on this week. So the reason I couldn't write down a real long thing with exactly what I wanted to say was because every day as I've been thinking more about it, I've been adding and thinking and kind of growing in how I think about that. So let's go ahead and pray now. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you so much for absolutely everything. Please make us like you. We are your body. We are all your body. All of us who acknowledge you, Lord Jesus. All of us who call on your name and who bear the name Christian and who put our faith in you, regardless of how we look, regardless of the differences in how we act, Lord, we are all yours. We love you so much. Let us all acknowledge that. Let us all wear your name proudly and out in the open, regardless of what our affiliation is or our congregation let us all live, bear your name, live your name to the world. We are Christians. We all have your name, and we love you, Jesus. In your name, thank you, Jesus. Amen.